I'm Kay Janes, and this is the podcast where we talk about your adult child and how to raise them so you don't have to raise your grandkids. Check us out at allgrownup.com or on Instagram at youradultchild. All right. Hello, everyone. We're back together. Shauna and I have come back together for what is our third podcast and one that I've actually been looking forward to from the moment we decided to do a podcast. Today's topic is one that has the quickest turnaround when it comes to results. It is the probably the most effective thing that you can do to connect and to have influence over a young adult or an adolescent in your life. So it's also one of the hardest things for people to do, and it is the thing where I've seen the most common mistakes that we make as adults when it comes to young adults has to do with today's topic. So I guess we'll jump right into it. Um, so glad to have Shauna Watson back here with us today. She's going to be with us each time. Uh, her input as a mom and as a expert has been invaluable so far, and I know it will continue to be. So, so Shauna, do you want to introduce our uh, topic today and your thoughts on why we make so many mistakes around this? Man, you have to give me more notice for my brain. No, no I don't. No, I don't. <laughs> yeah, so today's topic is boundaries. And then what was the question? How, why, why do we make the yeah, mistakes Yeah, what, what have make? you seen of some of the common mistakes we make when it comes to creating boundaries? Mm, gosh, you put me on the spot like this. Well, um, let me ask you this. This might help. So, and I, I don't want to be mean, and I am not, well, I, I try not to be sexist, but... I've noticed moms have a hard time creating clear, healthy boundaries with their kids. And as a mom, have you ever felt that? Oh, yeah, for sure. And what have you seen? Why is it so hard? Because as a mom, I don't like to see my kid in pain or be uh, or struggle. Like it's hard for me sometimes. Yeah, yeah. And it is for dads too. Mm-hmm. So we just respond a little different. Yeah. Like the classic. <laughs> As a dad, when my kids are in pain, well, it hurts me, so I get angry. <laughs> yeah. And then it confuses the kid because it's like, I'm crying because I'm cut, and now you're yelling at me, and I'm yelling because I'm worried about, I feel pain. Yeah. You know, whereas, what's what's it more, moms are more prone to do what when they feel pain? It's not necessarily be like a dad and get angry. What do moms want to do a lot of times when they feel the pain of their kids' pain. For me, I rescue, I enable, I want to kind of make things softer. Yeah. You know, this is one of those power statements you usually say later on, but you just hit it on the head. You used some really interesting words right there. You rescue, rescue, enable, and what was the other word you used? Oh, soft. Make things really soft. make it soft. (laughs) So we'll just say this right up from the front, and this is a power truth, Okay. There's a fine line between enabling and nurturing. Nurturing is good. It is healthy. It is a gift from God, and it's a blessing that mothers provide. It's a, it's a strength I believe all women have to nurture. Yeah. Men can do it too, but for women, it's a superpower. Well, the fine line between that and enabling is really simple, and it is can they do it for themselves? If you and I are doing something or getting them out of something that they could go through or that they can do on their own, then now we're enabling. It's no longer nurturing. 
Yeah. Nurturing is only pure when it is legitimately something someone cannot do for themselves. Real simple example. When a newborn, when a baby's born, they cannot feed themselves. Uh-huh. Right? They cannot change themselves. They cannot move anywhere. And so, and I think that's one of the reasons it's so hard is every kid that you have, that any woman has, their entire existence up front requires nurturing. Yeah. 24 mm-hmm. 7 mm-hmm. and every aspect of their life they have to be nurtured or they'll die <laughs> yeah i could see myself as a mom of my young babies i could see myself of my moms with teenagers and <laughs> when i rescue and then it kind of actually tapped into what we talked about last time with identity and trust when i'm enabling them i am not trusting them and i am sending the message i don't trust you you can't trust you that's right, right. like i gotta step in here so I don't even know if we're still talking around boundaries, but that's no, what my we brain are. You and just, you asked. <laughs> yep. No, you hit it. In fact, nothing, <laughs> nothing gets in the way of capacity more than enabling. Mm-hmm. Okay, because when a kid's enabled, by the way, kids are like piranhas. They can smell the blood in the water as soon as. Uh, here's another power phrase when it comes to kids: young adults, adolescents, little kids. If they can, they will. If they don't have to, they won't. Yeah. Now that's super simple, but it is so true. If a kid knows they don't have to do something because they can act hurt, they can act sad, they can act overwhelmed, and someone's going to come in and fix it for them, then, and here's, here's this, they'll do it. And here's the scary thing. They'll push that as far as it needs to go if it'll happen. Um, I took a lot of psychology classes in college. and Say a kid wants something and you tell them no. And they keep pushing and you tell them no. And you say no for 10 minutes. But after 10 minutes, you say yes. Guess what you just trained that kid to do? Ask for 10 minutes before you That's yes. right. And you know what's even scarier? You told that kid through your actions that there's a limit. And at that time, it was 10 minutes, but then they'll go. But if they know there's a limit that you'll break at some point, not only will they take the amount of time, but this is where it gets scary. They'll be as extreme as needed to get you to break. So in an extreme example, I've seen really good kids say, I'm going to kill myself just to get a parent to change their mind about something really insignificant. And they'll go that far. Because nothing scares a parent more than when a kid says, I'm going to kill myself. And all of a sudden, all this support and help will come in. All of a sudden, the parent changes and the kid now has control. It's morbid, messed up, psycho control, but the kid doesn't care because they got what they wanted. Yeah. And in a young adult, adolescent, or child mind, they don't understand how big what they just said is. So they'll just use it. Uh And it's nasty. And this is the part that's uncomfortable for a lot of people. And this is when I work with adults. This is probably the most important thing we'll tell them is we call it the fear of God is one way we put it. But it's I don't I don't think that's the right wording. Your, Your kids need to know that when you say something, you mean it. Yeah. And what's cool is once they know that, guess how long they fight now? They don't. Yeah. I use the brick wall analogy. It's like a kid's like, well, I want to get through that wall. I'm going to run into it with my face. Well, it only takes one time of a kid running his face into a wall to go, I ain't doing that anymore. <laughs> that was too much. And as a when you have a firm conviction as a parent and you know something needs to be, now that doesn't mean you get rid of compromise in a relationship. And that doesn't mean that you don't repent and ask for forgiveness when you're wrong because that will happen. But... That's very different than being having clear boundaries. 
Right. Those yeah. aren't the same thing. And why is a parent, gosh, it's hard because, you know, to be straight up, I was actually really good at boundaries with two of my kids and not so great with the other two. Right. <laughs> and, and was it your oldest two? You were good with it? Yeah. Yeah. That's actually a pretty common pattern. No, keep going. Yeah. And so, of course, my older two love to be like, what on earth is happening? Why do you let this happen or this happen? And I've, and it's hard as a parent yeah. sometimes to have, have the boundary. I mean, I don't have, they aren't threatening to, to kill themselves for something, but I, I know particularly my one child has got my number. Like yeah. he knows exactly how to, and he's not like some evil child. Nope. He's incredible and I love him. Um, but he's smart and really bright. And he and, knows. Mm-hmm. So here's some, here's some thoughts around that from things I've observed. Your first kids, you're so worried about them turning out right and doing everything right that it's actually your own fears of doing things the right way that you end up creating a lot of good boundaries. But as you get older and more experienced, you realize, oh, they're actually okay. And I don't care about some of this stuff as much as I needed to. So what ends up happening is now you have different boundaries because you actually have more wisdom. And the older kids mistranslate that as, why are you letting him get away? It's like, well, because I realized it was probably unnecessary when I did it with you. Yes, yes. I didn't need to have those kind of boundaries. And they so part of it's just that. And if you're a parent and you're in that situation, here's my recommendation for your oldest kids, because I'm an oldest. And my, my life was very different than my baby brother's. Not a ton, but it was different enough that I noticed it. Just tell your older kids to chill and that you've gotten older and smarter and sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Deal with it. Like, move on. Like, you know, it helped you, so deal with it. Another thing that came to my mind when you said this, and this has helped me a million times working with teenagers and, and young adults, love them but don't love what they think. Parents want that love between a parent and a child, especially when they're small. My three-year-old right now, every time I walk in the house, he says, hey, Dada, and he hugs me. And sometimes he'll just grab my face and put his forehead up to mine and look in my eyes. And every parent's experienced that, and then that stuff goes away. Yeah. <laughs> but when you have a teenager, you still see the three-year-old, and you miss the connection you had with the three-year-old. Yeah. So you want the connection, but the problem is the teenager doesn't just want to hug anymore. They want the keys to the car and some money. <laughs> they want to be able to hang out with their friends an hour later than the curfew. Like they're no longer. And so in a desire to have that connection with that kid, like you had when he was three, sometimes I think we go, yeah, go ahead. But what the, here's the truth bomb that does not create that connection with that kid. Yeah. That's the problem. You know, it's like the girl who's in an unhealthy relationship because she wants to know she matters. She doesn't feel like she matters when she's in an unhealthy relationship. That math equation doesn't work. If you're dating a moron, you're dating a moron. And he ain't going to make you feel better about yourself. If anything, he'll make you feel worse. And if you're giving in to the whims of a teenage or young adult child, you're not going to be more connected to that child. If anything... It causes a gap and it creates weakness in you, in them, and in your relationship with them. Absolutely. Yeah. Some questions I've written when we work with our clients. There's a couple questions we ask them I think will be really good for the podcast that we'll just kind of, we won't necessarily answer, but we'll just let them hang. What about your personality or life experience makes it difficult to create healthy boundaries? 
That's something that we like to ask our clients, but this is really good for parents. So I'll say it again. What about your personality or life experience makes it difficult to create healthy boundaries? Yeah, because just hearing you even say that, what makes it difficult for me is when I keep going to the past thinking, wishing I could have done something differently as a parent. Gotcha. And that is where I'm parenting in the present from wishing I could go back and do something different. And therefore, it makes it really hard for me to put in some boundaries that aren't even, we're not, I mean, we're not even talking about a big boundary here, Mm-mm. right? But it's when I continually go back there, it is what, that is what keeps me, that regret. Yep. Um, well, you said this the other day, when we go backwards or we jump forwards, then we're off. Yeah. You know, I think of a parent who's got these expectations for a kid in the future that may or may not be real. If you're creating boundaries around something that you think is going to produce a future result that you're really hoping for, you might want to look at that a little bit closer. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yep. Same with, I love what you said, when you look backwards, right? Yeah, because that, that's regret. That's where shame lives. Yeah, that's where shame lives. Right. And when you're working from shame, that's exactly what your kid's going to feel. Yeah. And they can... They can't always identify that's what's going on, but they can feel it and they know it's off and they know it's weak. But they still take advantage of it. No, not because they're absolutely. terrible. Not because they're terrible, but just because they're smart. That's right. <laughs> I've watched, I have four daughters and every single one of them, by the time they were nine months old, had done the fake cry <laughs> and looked at me with those big eyes. And, I, and I've always had people say, well, your girls just have you wrapped around their finger. And I'm like, no, they're little kids. If I'm wrapped around their finger, we're all in trouble. Yeah. And at nine months old, every single one of them, I looked back at them and said, knock it off. Oh. <laughs> Quit crying. As I a know, Yes. And you know what's crazy? I, I'm not lying when I say this. They can't talk. They're nine months old. I know they understood. Because all four of them stopped crying and changed and went and did something else. They were testing the boundaries. And this is an important truth. All human beings test boundaries because that's how you know where your safety is. Yeah, we actually feel safer. That's right. And we know that in our heads, right? So, I mean, it's Hmm. important to know that even as a coach or even as you get to where you've learned a ton or done a ton of work and eliminate a lot of shame in your life, you still have things that come up that you get to look at and learn and figure out, okay, I'm obviously struggling in my parenting here. I can see that. I know so much in my head about certain things, but there, until I look at those moments, those things that are experiences from my past that I still have kind of got a little shame around that I'm not giving to the Lord, that I'm not trusting in him, that I'm not kind of handing over and, um, and trusting my kid the way I, I want to be. Um, it doesn't work the way you want. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, where was I going? I just remembered no. that I was Well, like, and you know what you said just barely that made me come to mind is this. Okay. So two things. First of all, the Lord has set a whole bunch of boundaries. So you don't, you and I don't have to create a bunch of extra ones. Yeah. Right? So basic commandments, basic moral principles. If you just remind your kids of those, those are boundaries. That's what those are. The second thing is this. Have you guys ever asked a kid to create their own rules and their own consequences when they've been off? It is super interesting what a kid will do when you turn the judgment and the boundaries and all that over to the kid. 
You know what happens nine times out of 10? They pick a harsher punishment and create stricter boundaries than you would have done. Yeah. Now, there's some kids, they don't care. They just, oh, yeah, I would give me all the money in the world and the keys to the car and say I can stay out. I mean, there's that, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But when a kid, and it's done in the right way at the right time, when you turn the boundaries over to them to create them, it's really amazing what they'll actually come up with. And they'll give you insights to what they need to feel safe. Another question we ask when we're working with coaches is what consequences of you, when coaches are working with clients, what consequences have you experienced because of an inability to create boundaries? And by the way, when I talk to parents who are struggling with their kids, that that's actually the answer to that question. Everything they tell me that's off is a direct result to a lack of a boundary or a boundary being clear. Okay. Or, Sometimes as parents, we'll create inappropriate boundaries, unnecessary boundaries, and that causes problems. Like an example being what? Well, this is one that, okay, here's one I hear a lot in, in, in religious, you know, if a dad's got a daughter and he doesn't want her to get in trouble with the boy, hey, don't kiss till you're married. Or kissing's bad. Like that's a boundary you don't want to cross. And then you run into this problem where a girl, she starts dating somebody, she likes him, he kisses her, it's appropriate, it's sweet, and it's really nice. And now all of a sudden you've got this boundary that was created by a parent that the kids passed it, and there's no negative consequence. <laughs> there's no, in fact, if anything, it's the opposite of everything the parents said. Mm-hmm. So now the kid's not only confused as a parent, you've lost a ton of leverage. And that's just one example, but it's anytime you create a boundary out of fear, it's an inappropriate boundary. Yeah. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. And sadly, that's where a lot of boundaries are created and that's the space they're created from, just from a place of fear. When you create a boundary from a place of faith and hope, it's, it's enabling and ennobling like we talked about last week a little bit. A kid feels that. And I'll give you an example of that. Um, I remember multiple times growing up that my father picked up, well, we were doing construction or we were doing excavation or something. And dad said, okay, here's the tools. Here's a big machine. I'll be back. Here's what I need you to do. That's also creating boundaries, like expectations, boundaries. And then he left and it was stuff I didn't, hadn't done before. didn't know. Holy cow, did I step up? Like, and I carried that over when I coached little boys, I'd coach 10 year old boys in basketball. And I'd tell them the first practice, you're men until you prove me wrong. Yeah. And I'll treat you like a man until you prove me wrong. Think how different a kid feels when they get treated that way versus, hey, don't do this, 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 and this. This is bad. Stay away from this. And I'm watching you. It's a mm-hmm. completely different experience. Yeah. I can't help but think of my own mom through this. She is phenomenal at boundaries because she she wasn't in a uh, fear-based... She gave us a lot of uh, room to grow, to go make decisions, to do things on her own. Her parents both died really young. And uh, I remember one time, I think I was 16 and I got in a little wreck and she's like, okay, call the insurance companies. I had no idea what I was doing. I called both insurance companies. I called, but (laughs) she let me just handle it. She could have, but she let me handle it. However, I knew that if I did wrong, I was running into a brick wall. No questions asked, right? Like I remember one time I did the unthinkable one summer and I was on a date with this guy and I didn't really want to be with him. And I was like, I don't know what to do. We went on a hike and then I was like, Hey, we could go back to our house. And we had a swimming pool and it was a big no, no, you do not open the pool. 
And so I'm like, I'm desperate. I don't care. We're just going to swim. And so I, and I did, I didn't even like this guy, but we opened the pool cover. We swim, close the pool cover. I'm like, great dates done. Think nothing of it. I come home later and there's a foot of water on top of the pool cover. And my consequence, I was grounded from the sun for the, a month <laughs> or, you know, like that's the, <laughs> obviously the extreme and a fun yeah. example that we love to laugh at now. But the point was, it didn't matter. I knew when I, when I crossed right and wrong, there was a boundary there, but then the offset, the offset of that, that made it so powerful is she just trusted us to make yep. choices like we made. And, but when we were struggling and obviously could not, could see that when she could see that we were struggling with some decisions, she stepped in with a, a, a strong consequence. And I learned every time, you know, that makes me think of too. I had a, so I had an experience when I was growing up where I dated a young lady throughout high school and I loved her dad. And, and here's the principle boundaries out of fear. Don't work boundaries out of love. They, there's no limit to their power. Oh my gosh, that's so good. I think that we makes sense. Like yeah. three times. <laughs> so boundaries out of fear don't work. Mm-hmm. And boundaries out of love have no limit to their power and how far they reach. And here's why. That girl I dated, um, I I didn't I was good to her and it wasn't because I feared her dad. It was because I loved her dad. Mm-hmm. You know, I loved her too, and I wanted her to have a good experience, but my love for her dad had a way bigger influence. Love goes with you. When you're out hiking, you're in a truck, you're out doing dates by yourself, love's still there. Fear doesn't go with you. Fear's only present if the dad's in the room. Mm. And if you're going to get, what's the risk? I'm going to yeah, get caught. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's why fear is not as powerful as love. And so when we create boundaries from love, they go a lot farther. Love and trust, like you talked about. Um, I also want to point out, sometimes we don't create boundaries because we're afraid of um, confrontation. So the parent that's not confrontational, that doesn't want to fight with the kid, and this is an important truth. There's a big difference between confrontation and contention. Contention is never good. It's, it causes pain. That's when we say horrible things. But confrontation is necessary for any relationship to level up. Mm-hmm. You cannot level up in a relationship. You can't get to a higher level of trust unless you go through confrontation. And that can be from you want to eat different places for dinner on a date to, like we talked about last week, if your child decides that they want to change their sexuality, their identity, something gigantic that scares you, you have to be able to work through confrontation to make that relationship goes up. And that's usually what happens when you're, you know, either creating a boundary or dealing with somebody who's broken a boundary. You got to go through confrontation. Yeah. And for those of you that are familiar, I know DISC personality assessments really well. And over 40% of the population is what we call a high S and they hate conflict at all costs. They don't like conflict. Right. And that's, so that's a lot of us. 40%. That's a lot. Mm -hmm. It's almost half. Yeah. And that's, if that's your high, a high S, that's your highest. Other people are going to have a decent amount of S in them as well. And so a Half of us do not like conflict. So analogy I like to share is called the farm analogy when it comes to boundaries and relationships. Relationships are like a farm. Well-structured and maintained boundaries keep everyone and everything healthy and safe, even though both require a lot of work. Okay, so I'll repeat that a little bit. It's the farm analogy when it comes to boundaries. Okay, Relationships are like a farm. 
Well-structured and maintained boundaries keep everyone and everything healthy and safe, even though both require a lot of work. My mom grew up on a sheep farm, and my grandpa was meticulous about his gates and his fences. He wouldn't even let little wires be hanging off them because a clean, maintained fence and gate kept everything in order and structure. It kept the animals safe. It kept them warm in the wintertime. It allowed him to work with them when he needed, and it just allowed the farm to work and be successful. Now, what happens if grandpa doesn't have any gates? What happens if he doesn't have any fences? Yeah. Okay, and it's the same with the relationship. It requires those things for it to maintain a healthy space and to be healthy and to be able to thrive. Well, just to wrap up our time today, um, I don't know how I could share anything more than what we've talked about to just emphasize how this topic is the fastest way to get results with your kids. If you do not have good boundaries with kids, it is worth whatever amount and time it takes and repentance and change to create and build boundaries that did not exist before so that you can have a healthy relationship. Your kids will fight you trying to create those, but trust me, in the long run, it'll be worth it and they'll thank you for it. And if you've never had boundaries, they'll fight for a long time because it won't make sense, but it is worth it. So... Yeah, I would just say, because most moms, I'm just going to talk to the moms here for a minute. You know you need boundaries. We've heard about it in every book, everything, right? You, We know. I have listened to so many uh, different ideas, tickets, coupons. Uh, I, I could go on and on, right? About all the different ways that we could and need to implement boundaries as parents. So I would just make an, an invitation to you to look at what the question that Kate asked in the beginning, what experiences in your past or what it comes up for you when you think about creating a boundary, that piece, whatever it is that comes up, that's the part that needs to be attuned to. That's the part that needs to be, it's gonna need some healing maybe, some love, maybe some perspective, but that piece is what's gonna need some awareness. Some of you have no idea, right? Like it took me a minute to figure out what was creating me was making it harder and more difficult for me to create boundaries with certain kids, right? So really just taking some perspective and some love to tune in to and find out what is keeping you from from making those boundaries because that that's what's going to enable you to do to do it. Well, and that this is a perfect time right now to when we start our Zoom call, it'll probably be this this week or the next week um of this podcast that that's, that'll be a great place for somebody who's like, well, how do I create boundaries? Jump on the zoom call. We'll talk you through it. We'll work with you on it. We'll be able to discuss with you some of the roadblocks that are getting in the way of you being able to create boundaries. You can also, it's a great space to ask questions like, Hey, cause I, I get asked this. People start getting, okay, should I create boundaries here? What are your thoughts on this? And so it's really healthy to have a discussion around guiding principles instead of a list of the things you should create boundaries on or not. And yes, that's something that yes. we'll look at is what are the principles. One thing I would ask you to consider when creating a boundary, what's your actual desired outcome? Um, what's your motive for creating the boundary? Is it coming from a place of faith or fear? How much do your kids feel trusted when they share things with you? Okay. How much do you trust yourself? And those kind of things are all important and necessary when we're curating boundaries. But I love this topic. I'm so glad we were able to touch on this today. I look forward to getting on a Zoom call with with everyone that wants to be involved and 
discussing more of this, but um, good luck as you create boundaries. If any of you are hyperventilating a little bit because you know you need to do this, but you don't know what to do, here's a suggestion. Start small and then go big. Don't, don't start big. If you create a big boundary that your kids are not used to, it will not go well. But if you start small and you make it, and by the way, here's where I would start. Make the boundaries very personal. Your personal space, your personal time, your personal health. Create boundaries around that for yourself and then your kids will respect those and they'll be more open to the boundaries you create when it comes to them. Once again, it's so awesome to be with you guys. We can't wait to be with you again next week. And uh, we'll have another great topic on how to raise your kids so you don't have to raise your grandkids. 